Today, we imagine with God a wonderful feast, a worldwide feast. One of God's favorite images of peace is a banquet. In fact, when God's kingdom has come, everyone will feast at a table with more wine, more bread, more food than we can possibly imagine. And what a glorious, glorious banquet that will be. Imagine people all over the world gathering for one giant picnic. There would be hungry people and people with more than enough to eat, wealthy people, poor people, people who don't like each other, enemies, healthy people, sick people, everyone gathered and everyone has enough. In our broken and fractured world, this is our image of peace and healing. We are made one. This is not only what God imagines. This is what happened with Jesus on that day so long ago, a tremendous crowd gathered and they came to Jesus to listen to him and they have been in the wilderness learning from him for three days and they are tired and hungry and with just a few loaves of bread and some fish, all eat and are satisfied. And of course, there are leftovers. Now we've heard this story so many times. It is told in every gospel. And there are two stories in the gospel of Mark. If you turn in your Bible back to just chapter six, you'll see the feeding of the 5,000. And now Jesus is feeding 4,000. Did Mark just want to repeat this story to be sure we got it? Sometimes people say, well, you know, they made a mistake. Somehow that extra feast got in there. But there is a difference between these two feasts beyond 4,000 and 5,000. See, the feast of 5,000 was for Jewish people. Jesus gathered his own people and they ate and were satisfied. But in this story, Jesus is in the land of the Gentiles. Gentile means the nations. There was the Jewish nation, and then there were the other nations. All Gentile means is not Jewish. And you know that Gentiles and Jews had nothing to do with each other. So Jesus is feeding people of other faiths. He's feeding Romans and Samaritans and Greeks and Phoenicians. Now, the Phoenicians had the Canaanites. They had a trinity of three goddesses. How awesome is that? Astarte, Asherah, Anath, the goddess of love, a mother goddess, and a goddess of war. Now, the Samaritans worship the same god as the Jewish people. They are just this close. They have some of the same books of the Bible, but one 
worships on Jerusalem, and the other has their temple on Mount Gerizim, and they are just sworn enemies. Now, the Romans would have worshipped in a temple dedicated to Augustus Caesar. And the Greeks in the city of Caesarea Philippi, beyond the temple dedicated to Caesar, there was still a cave devoted to the god Pan. Pan, not the most wholesome of the Greek gods, and yet maybe some of those in Jesus' picnic had gone to that temple of Pan. It really shouldn't surprise us that Jesus holds a feast with people of different faiths. One time a general in the Roman army asked Jesus to heal his little daughter. And Jesus didn't ask him if he had ever worshiped at the temple for Caesar Augustus. Jesus just healed the little girl. And another time, we heard a story not so long ago about a Syrophoenician or Canaanite woman who came to Jesus asking Jesus to heal her little girl. And maybe she was wearing an amulet to Astarte or one of those goddesses. At first, Jesus wouldn't do it. And then she said to him, even the dogs eat the crumbs under the table. It changed Jesus. And now Jesus not only healed her little daughter, but Jesus is feeding 4,000 people of different faiths. Jesus not only eats with Samaritans, he had a whole theological conversation with a woman at the well and stayed in that Samaritan village for three days. He lived with them. Many of these people were reviled by Judaism. They might not have liked each other. This feast should never have happened. And sometimes people say, well, you know, the disciples, they fed the 5,000 and they still don't get it even when it comes to the 4,000. But I wonder if there wasn't more to them being reluctant. Jesus is breaking all the rules. And it could be that they were afraid. The Jewish authorities would surely find out what Jesus had done and what they had done. And maybe they were angry because Jesus had already asked an awfully lot from them. And Jesus just kept taking it one step further. I'm sure that this feast did happen. And all these people came from all of their different villages and cultures and religions and sacred practices, they came and they sat together and they listened while Jesus taught, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you 
love your neighbor as yourself. And they ate together and everyone was filled. I know they were filled with food. I also think they were filled with hope. When we gather in our own feast, we gather with Jesus as the host, just like long ago. Jesus invites us. That is Jesus' table. It's not our table. As Presbyterians, we believe that when we come to the table, we are there with the real spiritual presence of Christ. That we gather and Jesus is with us at his table as the host, and Jesus gets to invite anyone that Jesus wants to be at the table. It's not our choice. Our rules really don't matter to Jesus. Jesus gets to invite anyone he wants. And long ago, Jesus invited Samaritans and Greeks and Romans and Jews. Jesus invited all of them. So I wonder who would Jesus invite to our table today? I want to show you my stole that I wear. Because I think this has something to do with who Jesus would invite today. So this symbol here is a symbol of Buddhism. It is the way of the Buddha. The way of the Buddha is knowledge. And these are the spokes of the wheel that symbolize the eightfold path, the Dharma wheel of the teachings of Buddha. And through this, Buddha is teaching people about the wholeness of their selves and the wholeness of the world. Now, this one here is another wheel. It's a medicine wheel. And you can see there are three feathers coming out of it. And this would have been or is the symbol of the indigenous people that live in the plains of our nation. The medicine wheel is the wholeness of the earth and the four directions. And the feathers are kind of like awards. Through this, there is knowledge of creation, healing, for our world, the medicine wheel. Now, this one is the sacred letter Om. And you may have heard, you know, that, that chanting, Om. And we could do that here and fill this church with that resonance. It's a sacred word, and it means the wholeness, the unity of all things. And it is a sacred word for the Hindu faith. And there is meditation, and this is an ancient, ancient practice because the Hindus are some of the most ancient, ancient people. And this one, the crescent and the star, we know that that's a symbol for Islam. And then this one, the star of David, of course, 
is the symbol of Jesus' faith, the symbol of Judaism. And then the cross of Christ, our symbol, our symbol of transformation from death to life. So I think that maybe Jesus would make our table bigger. Our world is too small for our table not to be bigger. Now, I saw this stole at a conference for pastors, and of course they're selling all of their wares, and I try to stay away because I have too many books and too many stoles, and yet, can I stay away? No. So I went, and I saw this stole, but it was all white. It had the symbols, it had the rainbow, but it was all white. And I asked why it was white. And he said, well, this is for interfaith services. Pastors wear this when they gather with peoples of other faiths. And I said, well, can you make me one that's green? Because green is the liturgical color for most of the year. And I wanted to remember the whiteness of God's love not just when I was with people of different faiths, not just an interfaith service. I wanted to remember and proclaim the wideness of God's love every day. My friends, the world is too small, too broken, too in danger for us not to have a tremendous table of love and grace and forgiveness and hope. Amen.